This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. You are listening to the Blockade Podcast. Excuse me, the Blockade Pinball Podcast. I am your host, Chris Freebus, aka Shut Your Trap. Joining me as always, halfway across the world, Jared Morgan. Oh, yes, I'm here. <laughs> You're here. Uh, so, folks, we were about to have a show before the show. Yes. <laughs> and then we realized I mean, maybe we should put the record button on first. We should probably start recording because, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting show, this one. Yeah. So we, we kind of went from having a very slow week in pinball to then getting Farsight's uh, uh, newsletter. Whenever they re- yeah. <laughs> their newsletter whenever they uh, put out a new table. And that newsletter will now pretty much consume us for the entire show. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, let's begin. <laughs> let's begin. Okay, let's 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 start off uh, with the obvious, and that is that Bonsai Run has been put out, and I played a little bit of it just to compare to what I'd played early in the beta, and it didn't get easier. <laughs> no, definitely did not get easier. Um, it looks very nice, but no, definitely definitely not easier. That other playfield is still is still ridiculous. Which um, I gotta say, it is it is ridiculous in exactly the ways that the real table is. Yes, exactly. It, it is absolutely just that frustrating, especially once you get it up to the um, the upper flipper and you try and make the jump, uh, if you will. It is this in exceedingly narrow window of what works, and mm-hmm. everything else just sends the ball creaming in places you don't want it to cream. So, th- I think the upper playfield they absolutely got correct. Mm. Um, the lower play field. Wow. Is it feel like my flippers are a mile wide because everything goes down the middle. Yeah. It's <laughs> it is hungry. That thing far out. Yeah. You've really got to work that tilt to, um, make sure your ball stays in play. Like it's, it's got to be tilting. Otherwise you are dead very quickly. And it's got some really bizarre, uh, features. You know, once I started thinking about it in terms of, your left out lane also has a uh, a kickback, but then yes. right next to it, well, you got your in lane, and then if you go a lane in from that, you've got another kicker. You got like a slingshot kicker, like it's built in behind the slingshot. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. I don't know why it's there. <laughs> it's it's very bizarre. And then also on the left hand side, um, you've got this really short lane uh, dead end. That's basically where the ramp uh, dumps off the ball, but it's kind of like, wait, am I supposed to be shooting that? It's really an odd thing. It's a very short. It's where the um, also would be on Terminator Two, essentially, but much closer. Right. Um, It's just, it's just like this target there. It's like a a lap target, I think they have there. But it's a, it's like very short and. You could have just put a, a solid wall there and had a target there, and it would be okay. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's, it's kind of odd. Um, well, I got to remember it was the first table that Steve Ritchie designed, so he was no, learning no, no, the works no. a bit. Lawler, Lawler, Lawler designed. Yeah. Um, so um, he would have been going, oh, what? So let's let's have a go. What, what are we going to do here? <laughs> um, so yeah, maybe some of those things were just early early iterations of his um, future designs. The in terms of uh playing it uh digitally, that checkerboard 
play field is Havoc. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, really? Well, the speed of the ball, it kind of winds up blending in, I feel. Um, mm. You're making a dick, Not on mobile. And you, and you know what? You you may be onto something there because in the beta there was no DX11, and now I'm playing it in DX11. And I'm like, my god, that ball just disappears whenever it goes into the checkerboard. All the um, reflections just basically camouflage it. Yeah. So I mean, this is a this is an instance where I think uh, hello globals. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Well, it'll be very because the only thing that won't be reflected is the shadow. The yeah. shadow, the drop shadow, will be always there. So you'll at least be able to track it like that. Yeah. yeah wow. Um, and it's there is some exceedingly quick ball movement that happens too, and the drop from the upper playfield is is rapid, isn't it? Jeez. Yeah, it is. And I is that almost, fast in real life? You know, when I've watched the videos of it being played, it doesn't seem like it's quite that fast. Mm. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I hate. I hate wanting them to put in any artificial. Uh, slow down breaks mm. <laughs> on it, but there there was a couple of moments where um, just the speed at which it comes rocketing off, just not not necessarily off the ramp, but off of uh, playfield items on that lower playfield. You're just like, wow, that thing is just rapid. Um, it's been so long since I've played an actual bonsai run in real life that it, it's hard for me to to judge. I can only judge off of watching a YouTube video. Mm. So. Um, I mean, the only thing that I vividly do remember is that upper play field being just as nasty <laughs> as, as what Farsight has given us. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I kind of, kind of the, on the one hand, while I'm sitting there going, oh man, it's such a pain in the butt. I'm also just kind of like going, it's about damn time, <laughs> you know? Yeah, time to be punished. And if this is a little, you know, well, we'll talk about this, but you know, this, this is a good way to finish things, I guess. Yeah, for the seat, and well, for the other side of it as well, right? So we learned something else in that um, that newsletter where this will be the last DLC. Oh yeah, well, no, not the last DLC, the last monthly DLC. Monthly DLC, yeah. Yes. So uh, the newsletter officially announced that that is the case. We're no longer going to be having monthly releases, uh, which there had been rumor that that was a distinct possibility. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Look, it, it, makes sense. One, it, it does make sense, and it's one of those things where, for all of you that have been begging for this to happen, um, well, I hope yeah, your wish to, comes through in the good way. Yep, you have to lie on your bed now, yeah. The, the bed um, made. because presumably, with it not having mo- uh, monthly releases, uh, the idea, and it, it was said in the newsletter to this effect too, that it'll give them more time. To more time to perfect the tables uh, to have them be less buggy. My only thing with that is there goes your excuse uh, and you're going to be directly held uh, in comparison to what Zen does. Yes. Um, well, in a number of ways, what ways do you think that um, they will be held to account? Well, you're going to be held into account in terms of right off the bat, uh, how buggy the table actually is. Zen tables come out and they, I don't notice any bugs. Now, maybe I don't notice them because they're entirely Zen creations. Mm. And so you don't know if it's a bug or if it's, you know, done on purpose, but by and large, I've never had 
issues with any of the Zen tables, you know, crashing on me or having uh, balls go through walls or, uh, you know, lights going off in improper sequence. I don't know anything of that nature. So that's uh, true. I haven't experienced that either. And I think they do release in their release notes on mobile. They do say, oh, yes, there are some minor bug fixes in here, but they they don't tell you unless they're the, the only bug fixes they seem to call out are the visual ones that right. um, there was a problem with one of the games where um, the ball had a, like a square around the shadow. Okay. So um, it, I think it was to do with the new carnivals and legends tables and how they actually interact with the play field. Um, so I have a feeling that square was like how they actually draw in all the digital effects on the ball and right. they usually hide it as a layer, but they, they forgot to, so they just fixed that. Um, so that sort of thing, but you're right. It's yeah. Zen, the way they do things is pretty, pretty slick. So yes, you're right. That is one way that Farsight will be measured. Like that's one yeah. way. Another way they're going to be measured is are the consoles still going to put up with, uh, having such a delay between table releases or will Farsight finally be able to crack that nut and drop the tables day and date across the board like Zen does. Well, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point. I know that it, the reason why they didn't do that in the past is because it cost $20,000 to release an update right. um, on, on the platform. So uh, I think I heard rumor that some developers or that that restriction is actually being removed from publishers okay. um, so they can actually keep the platforms up to date better because it was a clear issue for the small studios. So I think they might have removed that. I need to... Feel free to send us links if you can find information about that. But I'm pretty sure that was a thing. So that might help them in that respect. Um, but you would expect that if all they're doing is focusing on bug fixing and improving the platform, that that's a reasonable thing to expect, providing that there isn't an onerous cost involved. Right. Uh, another factor is goodbye to seasons. Um, yeah, the, no seasons anymore. It sounds like individual table packs only. Individual table packs, which opens the door for if, uh, as we mentioned previously, hey, look at these mysterious balls that have suddenly uh, opened up in table packs that are mm. previously only Stern Pinball Arcade uh, tables. Well, we all know that Stern Pinball Arcade was charging more money for per table. Yes, for the brand new Sterns, yes. For the brand new Sterns. So without having a season pass, if those same tables all of a sudden came to TPA, there would be no, hey, it's now so much cheaper. They could just go ahead and charge exactly the same price that they uh, had been. An interesting interesting uh, argument, really, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, I, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where I, I, I'm kind of like, hey, this is good. Because now the flip side to all this, that you know, before we go all, oh my God, doom and gloom. Uh, clearly, Farsight has come to a point where they are uh, financially assured <laughs> mm. that they can back off of uh, monthly table releases, and that's a good thing to know. Um, that's only yeah, because they wouldn't they would not do that because in the past they said yeah, we need to do it monthly so we can keep the lights on. Right. So clearly, that that's no longer a pressing concern for them anymore. Another aspect of this, and uh, we've, we've brought it up before, but maybe we can highlight it again, and that is there are other companies that have hired Farsight, if you will. Stern hired Farsight for yes. the Stern Pimble Arcade. Arcuda uh, has hired Stern to write software for their 
uh, cabinet pinball like Farsight to to write software for right. it. Yeah. Custom so- custom software exclusively for their machines. Yeah. So while Farsight has been putting out the game, which is for themselves, you know, they're the they're the producer on record of it. Uh, these other are you know hiring them, and so it's this fine balance of hey, how do we satisfy our client, but at the same time, how do we satisfy our customers? Well, yeah. this will allow them to give a bit more focus to their clients, which I'm mm. sure, uh, you know, in the future, obviously, Pimple Arcade is going to come to an end, but you want to have you want to have business partners that you can still generate revenue from. So it's one of these things where it is a good idea to spread your client or, you know, to, to get clients and do a good job with those clients so that you can get more clients. Hmm. That's, well, that's, yes, generally good business practice. You're always going to be thinking next. What's right. next? You can't be living in the moment when you're in business. It's, you've always got to have a backup plan. <laughs> so, yeah. So having, yes, having uh, a the the next thing in line uh, is a good thing. And, you know, we've seen that Stern has sort of the, the Stern product offering has taken a bit of a backseat over the last yeah. year. It really has been a, a secondary product. So perhaps the part of the decision to step away from monthly DLC was, you know, to, as you say, start really doubling down on the Stern stuff because we've identified in past episodes the potential of what they could do with that platform. Yeah. Providing the vendor is, providing the customer is on board with the idea. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if putting the Stern tables inside the TPA brand is necessarily uh, a good thing to do, particularly because I saw how hard it was to get um, Ghostbusters working on mobile in, mm-hmm. in there because of the different emulation framework or the yeah. fact that they're not emulating it. Um, they're, they're running it bytecode, um, uh, real-time version of the code. So, you know, the, the limitations of the 12-year-old engine that they're using is starting to show and we also covered that a couple of episodes ago as well, didn't we? Which again, I go back to when Zen was working on Pinball FX three. Um, there wasn't that much of an output of tables. Mm. Uh, it seemed to have slowed back, and we didn't know why. And obviously, very good reason why. Uh, so who knows? Maybe maybe Farsight has that in mind too. That you know, maybe a year from now we finally get a new Pinball Arcade app that uh has new engine i don't know it, it's it's a lot to kind of uh, think about uh, where okay, they potentially where they will potentially go i mean the fact that it's it really is five years old on mobile yeah uh, and they're just the the limitations that they can't do on mobile compared to other pinball offerings um you know, a new engine and a new graphics framework would change the way that game is perceived um, and would totally give new life to new customers, if you will. Yes, um, I still would. I still stand by the idea of what Zen has been doing, which is treat your base customers, you know, your current customers, uh, right, and mm. uh, you know, don't don't hose them in the in the process because they are the very people that will uh, help you promote the new one. Yeah, champion it. Yeah, so I, I would hope that uh, things don't get cavalier with with that but um mm. you know it, it, like i said it, it's a lot of it opens up a lot of questions 
which leads us into the next <laughs> bit of business that was in the newsletter. And that is our good friend, Norman Stepanski, who has come on many a time and spoken with us. And if you've ever listened to him, you know his passion for pinball is deep. Uh, Norman has retired. Uh, they just had his retirement party on Friday. All right. Yeah, I know. It's sad news, but, you know, the Norman's been around with the platform for 12 years, hasn't he? Yes. So that's a long time to be with one company. And, you and know, he's also not exactly a spring chicken. So I'm, <laughs> what I'm saying is this might be a true. I don't think this is a I'm retiring from the company uh, thing. I think this might be a legitimate retirement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny. You took the words right out, of my, right out of my mouth with not so much a spring chicken anymore. <laughs> I was about to say exactly the same thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, look, I think. He he was definitely instrumental in sourcing tables, and um, and that's well. Sort of he thing. was there. He was there. He was their purchaser, um, mm. and he had a big influence over what tables would get brought into uh, the platform itself. So, yes. I, I, in in that in that front, it's kind of one of those things where ah, getting getting bonsai run in that's a good uh, fare thee well from him, because mm -hmm. uh, obviously that was a, a challenging table. For yes. a person to uh, to accomplish, very. Uh, so uh, the question becomes, though, who takes over Norman's responsibilities? Because Norman so, was also the sound engineer, mm -hmm. and he had Producer. already uh, he'd stopped working on the table. Like he used to be the person that would strip the tables, and then they'd bring the photographer, and then he'd build the tables back up. He had he'd stopped doing that a year or two ago. Um, they had yeah, he's some trained other people. other people. Yeah, yeah trained so I'm other people. I'm, I'm kind of assuming that he's trained other people <laughs> how to make the purchases. However, it also might be a case of they just start going to the Museum of Pinball and banning uh, and, and just getting one. Those, yeah, just so using those tables there. Honestly, I, it makes commercial sense to me to do that. Like If they have an arrangement with, with um, the museum and they can get access to the pinball and, you know, they are okay with them dismantling it, taking photos and putting it back together again. Well, I don't know. It seems pretty good business to me, really. Well, especially when you've got tables, you know, stacked up on their heads in your storage facility. It's not like, you know, they're all yeah. built in and rocking. You know, it, it's you've you've purchased a table. It is an investment, and hey, it's an investment that is actually growing in in value. Value. So Man, if, they, if they liquidate all those tables now, that would be huge cash oh investment. Imagine right. the people who will be clamoring for those top 10 tables right. they have. Yeah. Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. They, they, they're, they're, they'd be okay if they had to liquidate those. Um, but uh, I, I, I hope Norman, I don't know, it's one of those things where it's like, oh man, it's going to be a shame if he's not at the, uh, the shows anymore. I mean, for instance, this coming weekend is. Uh, the Arcade Expo 4 in at the Museum of Pinball mm. that I'm sure that Farsight will be there uh, with their booth. And it's like, well, is it just going to be Mike? Is Norman not going to be there anymore? <laughs> Obviously, why would he be? But I don't know. So we're going to have we're going to have to have Norman back on. Uh, <laughs> See if we can get him back on. Yeah, if we we're know gonna, how to contact definitely. him. Oh, I know how to contact him. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. he's his, uh, his old man AOL email address. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I got Norman's phone number. I'm all good. Um, ah, right. So, but yeah, we're gonna have to yeah. we're gonna have to have him on and uh, bid him a fond farewell. Uh, obviously, and maybe he, maybe maybe he'll just want to come on and talk pinball just generally, fun, generally. Because um, yeah. I'm sure he's under heavy NDA to not discuss Farside business. Oh. <laughs> it's not like we. <laughs> yeah. 
I yeah, it's not like he's going to spill the beans there. Yeah. Um, so we're going to have to find somebody new at Foresight that's willing to uh, to speak with us and spill the guts. Yeah. I know that uh, uh, one of the other guys there, I think, has come on before, which is um, Flippy Floppy. Um, you might see Flippy Floppy in the forum. I think he has dropped in once. Um, yes. But, yeah, he, again, he, he was a bit freaked out because yeah. he was afraid that we would ask him nasty questions, but we were very nice to him. So <laughs> we are very nice. So we and Mike has obviously come on and talked to us uh, also. Yeah, Kev. Uh, once yes. upon a time, Bobby used to talk to us, but, you know. He's a busy guy. <laughs> That's what we're pretending is the case. Yeah. <laughs> Not that just he's like, I don't want to deal with these yahoos anymore. Yeah, the right. been a, this, game's, <laughs> this game's been around long enough that I don't have to speak for it anymore. That's um, right. Exactly. <laughs> bunch of yeah i don't know i'm gonna when um uh arcuda we mentioned they're getting close to uh, finally coming out with their their cabinet uh, mm. and and at least putting it on tour if you will for uh for people to actually see what they they built and of course the one that's being sent to america it's being sent to farsight because farsight that way they can finalize uh mm. software issues that they have with the physical machine there they put a um, essentially what you would call a whitewood in a digital format at the moment that they you're right. So right. Um, yeah, they they can do a lot of stuff there, but there's some other stuff that Arcuda hasn't yet announced, which they probably need the hardware for. Yeah. It's a lot of proprietary stuff is going on inside that cabinet that uh, you'll see bit. in coming months. So anyway, I'm gonna when that uh, gets up there, I'm gonna go up and uh, be able to play with play with the cabinet. And so at that time I'll be, you know, I'll be in Farsight Studios and I'm sure I'll hunt down some of these people we haven't talked to in a long time and be like, Hey, remember me? Yeah. What do you got? What do you got to say? Uh, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Give me the goods. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So, so again, with the, with the non-monthly release coming out, the timing is one of those things where it's like, well, whoever takes over Norman's position is obviously uh, got some ground to make up. And mm -hmm. so this might be the soft entry uh, that allows them to to uh, kind of pick up the mantle. I mean, I'm sure Maybe. Norman didn't take. I'm sure he didn't take all of his toys and go home. I'm sure that uh, <laughs> many of those toys are are developed. You know, you, know, you develop them for Farsight, and therefore Farsight owns them for uh, how how he's getting the music out and stuff like that. Oh yeah, that was uh, well. I think that the system that you're alluding to was made by Steve Elinoff. So, um, yeah. the, the extraction equipment, but yeah, it's, it's a cool piece of tech. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's actually definitely something that fast up would own the, um, the rights to, uh, so yes. All right. So now that we've got all of the normal business out, this newsletter also announced, and this is something that I've been playing with, uh, for a little over a month. Uh, they announced a new product that they're coming out with. And it's this new, well, I don't know if it's what you would call a new app, but it's uh, Skills, S-K-I-L-L-Z. And what this is, is a way for you to play pinball competitively for money. Like not virtual tokens, cash money. Cash money. And as the website uh, points out, this is not gambling because these are games of skill. And so it's yeah. like, you know, <laughs> more amusement only. <laughs> you know, so it's one of those things where you're like, correct, it's a game of skill. I am gambling on whether or not I am better than the other person. Um, That's true. Yeah. So, 
and the funny thing is Norman had been exceedingly excited about the prospect of this. He was really on board with this. So you can currently go ahead and uh, download this game right now if you get the uh, newsletter, and I'll make sure Jared uh, has the the proper link for downloading uh, in the show notes by if you go to blockadepinball.com slash episodes. You'll uh, land on our site, and when you click on this particular episode, it'll be there in the notes. Um, but anyway, you download, and you're able to... Currently, their monetary function is not going to be in there, uh, according to the newsletter. It's just going to be strictly for these virtual uh, tickets, which is the other currency that this program uses. But obviously, this is the uh, non-cash-out kind of currency. It's just what allows you to... Uh, rank yourself and play more games and, and, you know, still have fun in the competitive aspect without, you know, putting cash on the line. Right. Then later you'll be able to actually uh, hook up your credit card or your PayPal account and sink real money in and you'll be able to play with it. So what they did for us with the beta was they gave us, uh, they loaded us up with $50. Um, and so we could play, both the tickets version or the cash version and see how that worked. And the way the cash version works is you wind up having different uh, amounts that you can go ahead and uh, bet with, if you will. Okay. First one being uh, $1. So let's say you select a $1 uh, game. You select the $1 game, you play the table, you post your score, now, if there is nobody else that it has been uh, paired with you in terms of skill level, and because they have an algorithm working to try and make sure that everybody is playing at an equal uh, competitive level. Uh, That's good. I was yeah. About that. So it doesn't seem fair that you're going off like against a top ten fast side. No, 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 no. It's it's gonna obviously you're gonna have to play a few rounds before it can learn how what your skill level is. And mm-hmm. that might be maybe you have to play X amount of ticket rounds. I don't know yet what the final process yeah. is gonna be, but maybe you have to play X amount of that. That'll establish your baseline of how good you are. Yeah, that's um, fair. Essentially but, you're you're teaching you're teaching the AI what your level is. I think that, that you almost would need to do that, really, wouldn't right. you? So, so then it'll try and uh, uh, see if there's anybody in your skill level that has already posted a score. If there is, then you're immediately playing against that score. As soon as you finish the game, you'll find out if you won or not. If okay. they don't have anybody that matches up with you, then you go ahead and you play just the same. You post your score. Yours is now going to be the one that's sitting there waiting for another player to come and try and Please. play against. Ah. That particular game that you play will exist for seven days. If nobody has is at your skill level, or if nobody has bothered playing in that time, then you get the money back that you plunked oh. in. So the way it works, though, is you play, you put a dollar in to play that game. The winner obviously gets their dollar back, but they also get, I believe, it's sixty cents. Oh. So presumably, so forty cents clip. It's what? I think a forty cent clip, basically. Right. That's probably going to skills, I imagine. Yep. Because why else would they be hosting? <laughs> why, absolutely no reason. I'm not going to give it away for free. Right. So they, um, they, it's a 60-40 profit share for the loser. Yeah. Uh, the now, there's another level above that, which is a $5 level, of which you get $3 mm-hmm. of, the, of the winning. And then there is a $10 level, of which you get $6. Of so the it's still 40%, 60-40 yes. profit share. Yeah, yes. right. 
Now, the okay. interesting thing about this was while we were playing this in the beta, I was like, well, all right, let's go. Well, you know, this is this is basically fake money, even though, free I mean, money. Let's do it. Yeah, come on, let's let's $10. let's test this thing $10. out. <laughs> so I posted, you know, I posted a whole bunch of five dollar games. And I immediately was like, yeah, let's do some five dollar games. Let's do some ten dollar games. People weren't playing them. I'm like, it's not your money. You're not going to be able to cash this out. It's no, purely you, for you the beta. Come on, you. let's let's, let's have some action. And uh, now I don't know if that was maybe people were playing, but my skill level didn't was too late anybody i don't i don't know um so that was kind of weird and i've actually emailed skills now let's make this clear this is not farsight company this is another company that does esports yep um so again again, they approach farsight to provide the platform and they're plugging their framework into it essentially or Farsight's plugging their framework into this platform, which is yeah. more more what I would presume to be the case. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but it's one of those things where I, I contacted Skills and and you know they were asking for hey what did you think of the app, um, and I was like well my main thing was if I have scores posted, then it, and let's say I post five scores and I've got nobody competing against me, well why would I want to continue to to plunk money in when I'm not even getting any feedback whatsoever on how well I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then the thing was, was I would check the app say two days later and it would be like, Oh, okay. You won this one. You lost this one. I was like, well, how well, come I never got any a... notification? Yeah. I should get a notification. notification. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and yet I had pushed, you know, I had allowed it to give me the push notification, but I wasn't getting one. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of, that was kind of odd. The flip side would be if it knows that I am in a particular skill level, I should get notification saying, hey, there's a couple of people that have played that are at your level. Why don't you come in and... and what a challenge? Come, yeah, and come <laughs> in and compete against them. It needs to encourage people because otherwise what happens was I just completely forgot about that app. Yeah. And wasn't playing it. Classic, <laughs> it is just classic. You've got to give people a reason to come back. And yeah. even if the fact that you allowed push notifications said, yes, give me the pushes. I want to, I want to know. And they're not leveraging that yet. That's a bit of a flop start, really. Like, but that might again because of it being in the beta. Oh, uh, could be. That, Maybe that's, because this is what they call. They have. Uh, they called it skills. Called it sandbox mode. So uh, that could um, be the reason. That that very could well be the reason. Uh, you know, is, are they using test flight to do it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that could be the reason why you may not be getting push. I think push relies actually on an Apple service. Oh, okay. That that well, Apple push service that that you need to plug into. So yeah, maybe that's not available when you're actually doing beta. No. Uh, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll excuse um, them for that for now. Well, we'll excuse it, but I, I hope that I mean, I certainly that's what I messaged them about, and I was like, I hopefully hopefully that's winds up being in there. The mm-hmm. other aspect, and this was the aspect that Norman was had been asking me prior to the uh, beta actually starting, and that was how do you get are there going to be enough players? Um, yeah. You know, that's, that's, you're asking a lot out of people to commit money to these things. And there's a certain kind type of person that's willing to do, uh, you know, to do this. It's, it's, you know, online poker, you got plenty of people that, uh, are more than content to play with the 3000 tokens they get with as soon as they log on. And then you got the, the serious players. That's right. <laughs> um, 
And then oh, with those serious players, uh, there's a possibility of you just playing so good that you don't have anybody to compete against. Yeah, that's a real danger. And for those people in, in the top tiers, um, and let's let's be frank, there's probably going to be a fair few people within the subset culture of competitive pinball that, you know, in if they were in a... Um, a match, say, in uh, a normal tournament, like in a pub or a, a venue, it would be different. But because they're online and they're a good player, the percentage of people who would want to actually go against them, uh, I really think it's going to be small. <laughs> yeah. Like, so this, this, this is a big experiment. and A very big experiment. Yeah, you know, it's, sure. it's one of those things where it's like, well, how do you properly gauge what the response is going to be? You um, have to do it. You have to do it. So what they've done is they have one table out, and I don't know if they're going to do more or what this. I would, I would guess that at some point they're going to have to do more, but mm. uh, right now it's one table, so everybody's playing the same table. And what this is, what they did was they essentially reskinned Fireball. Okay. Now I know what everybody's gut reaction is. Oh God, a reskin. Is it as bad as Ghostbusters being a reskin of Haunted mm, House? Haunted House, yeah. And the answer is no, it's not. Okay. Actually, I I personally believe they did a fairly good job with this. Um, it's all new sounds, uh, you know, all new voice work, and they completely redid the look of the table, including. Uh, so some of the things they eliminated from the table are those finer detail things that would get lost on your phone. So with fireball around the spinner, you have all the, uh, the buttons, the rollover buttons. Oh yeah. Those are gone. They're not there. Uh, insert lights that, uh, tell you the value of the, uh, sinkholes or the, the saucers, uh, for locking your points when you lock the ball, yeah. the insert lights are gone. And instead they have a digital version of it uh, just rotating ah. with this point value was over the top. So visually that's cool. Yeah, visually it's very easy to follow along with what is happening, you know, on your phone. Uh, you're not having to strain and figure it out. It's uh, reads quickly. You understand what it is. When you finish uh, oh, these are all timed by the way. I believe it's a minute uh, 160 seconds is what wow. That's all you get? That's all you get. So it is quick, quick, quick. So again, wow. playing playing Fireball, an EM, pretty good because you That's can... about the normal game time Fireball, <laughs> isn't it, really? You know, so... <laughs> um, and, 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 and the flip side of that is with Fireball, there's also an easy way of exploiting that table and just racking up points in a very safe manner, but it's a very slow process of doing that. Yeah. So... This kind of takes away how you would game the table right. uh, in, in certain situations. So you're dealing with the clock, you're dealing with an EM, uh, and what happens is you can earn bonuses off of the fact of, well, how many balls did you go through? Oh, um, so it's like a pin golf sort of uh, thing where the, the less balls you use, the more points you get. Yes. Ah, yeah. interesting. So... There's a lot of that aspect that I think that they did a pretty good job of of capturing. Um, yes, it's still a bastardization of Fireball, but hey, if you want to go play Fireball, fire up the app. If you want to compete against people, you want something that is visually 
quick and easy to understand so that you can concentrate on competing and not worrying about, well, I wasn't able to read that insert correctly, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, and, uh, and you're also dealing with a table that's got some pretty basic rules. Um, so you're Which not is a good one to start with, really. It, it's yeah. very, I think the, it sounds like what they've done is they, they want to, skills want to experiment with esports and pinball. So they said, they gave Farsight the brief of, right, give us a table that is easy for people to understand. And of course, the early solid states and EMs are good candidates for that. Yeah. So, and then they would have probably had taken a look at the table and they've gone, ah, uh, yeah, we need to make this more exciting because it's a bit dull. And let's be serious. It, Fireball is a lovely table from an EM perspective, but it is a bit dull with yep. the, the way it plays. So let's liven it up a bit. And doing doing the a new skin is one thing, but I think doing the, the heads up display, so I've seen the screenshot that mm -hmm. they had in the um in the newsletter. And it's yeah, okay, that gives it a little bit of more relevance to a modern audience um who wouldn't have any sort of affinity with the EM style, but still want to be able to play pinball and do this. Well, I mean clearly they they had to change up the look anyway because they don't have permission from Bali to turn their table into a no uh, again not a gambling game but still it's a <laughs> it's a it's a, it's a uh, <laughs> essentially what they're doing is skills are doing dollar games that's yeah. what they're doing <laughs> <laughs> basically the it's it's the it is skills dollar game alley um so fine really i mean people do dollar games all the time uh, right. off the record so this is just allowing them to do it online um, look, I'm I'm very interested to see how they go with it. I'm very interested to see. Uh, I note that it's only on iOS at the moment, and I just yeah. wonder if Google Play have very strong restrictions on gambling apps, um, mm. and in that you cannot put them on the Play Store except for some jurisdictions like the UK, which has relaxed the rules. So, for example, Labrokes, the company I work for, we are not allowed to put our Labrokes app into the Google Play Store in Australia. Um, because they just they flat out ban them. Um, so I just wonder if this might be for the short to long term until Google Play released the restriction, uh, re well, relax the restriction, um, whether this may actually be iOS only for a long time, unless they somehow allow Android customers to download it from a website, which is the way we do it at the moment. Now, again, I don't want to, uh, I don't believe this is a new, uh, company, Jared, because I'm looking here at the app right now, and it says players have won $32,865. Mil $32, and uh, so <laughs> it's they, they've clearly been doing something prior to, you know, Farsight. I don't know what. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, skills. I've heard the name before, and they are around. I think they do a lot of, like, Casino styles, um, right? Apps. That's what I would. That's what I would think. Now, yeah. let me ask you this, Jared: Did mm -hmm. you ever get um, Zen Pinball's eSport? Oh, there we go. That's what I, I knew. I'd seen it before. Zen is on skills. Yes, that's where I heard it from. Yeah, yeah you're right. They've got their eSports edition also. So, they, don't they have the? It's the Skyrim um, pack or Skyrim and Doom. That's their eSports version. I think. 
let me see here. I was trying to get me to sign in and all this jazz. I used to have it up. I don't know why it's suddenly going through this. Um, I don't know. They only had a limited selection of tables. This yes. I remember. Um, which again, with this kind of thing, you need a limited amount because you want to have all your players grouped together and yeah, you don't want them like a <laughs> one player sitting on one of 100 machines, you know, because right. that's never going to happen. You got to focus them down. Essentially, I would think no more than six tables at any one time available. It might be that they could turn yeah. some tables on and off and offer different ones each month, which would be really cool. Yeah. But um, having them all there at once is just too much choice and not so, enough narrow. So I'm going to have to see, now that it's asking me to sign in again, I'm going to have to see if it links to the, the account that I created for, uh, for Farsight's version and see if the two wind up linking together or not. Uh, and, you know, so that I can have it all as the, the same data, if you will. Um, but I encourage everybody to give it a download. Like I said, right now you can play it without having to deal with money, just dealing with the tickets. And because it's only going to be fun if we have a big user base, mm. if we don't have a big user base, then there's not going to be any fun to be had. Uh, so pick it up, play the free version at least. And who knows if you're dominating in the free version, maybe that gives you enough courage to, uh, plunk some of your own money down. Have a dollar game. Yeah. Have a, have a dollar game or two. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think we exhausted the newsletter. <laughs> I, think we, I think we might have squeezed it dry for everything we can get out of it for now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, any other pinball? Ah, I, I did get my shipment from uh, Big Daddy. <laughs> from Big Daddy. Big Daddy Enterprises. That's uh, some, all my connectors. So I have little baggies of, of uh, connectors and uh, uh, to, to crimp, if you will. But I also have to clean my garage so I can actually get to my pinball machine. Right. <laughs> yes. So I've been, I've been dealing with that uh, before, I, before I dive in, trying to make it a cleaner environment to, to deal with. Oh, that's interesting. Hey, I've been, I decided to sign up finally to Instagram um, this week. No. Um, and it wasn't because I was just bored. It was because there's this app. It's called Social Soup, which is a uh, a whisper marketing company. And they, if you are going to be selected for projects to try out new products, they like you to have Instagram. Um, it helps you get in on projects. So I thought, oh, well, that's a, a low barrier to entry. I'll just go and do it and whatever. I might end up using it. So I've been hunting around on Instagram. I just do a hashtag search for pinball. And I've found a lot of really interesting stuff on there. Um, including this one company um, that offers certain play fields as a massive mylar overlay. So I don't know if you heard of this um, this company, but it's like a essentially what they've got is this this really strong polycarbonate product that they can digitally print onto. Oh yeah, and, and you can then just basically sand your play field down to bare wood, put mm -hmm. this over the top, and it looks amazing. Mm -hmm. the, I saw these junk playfields that these people got, um, and like they were cactus. These playfields, <laughs> uh, there's no way you'd even attempt. They're, they're basket cases. There's no way you would attempt to restore on it. But all they did is they sanded it down, got all the artwork off the inserts, and laid down this this essentially um, two pack sheet, which is essentially right. what it is, digitally printed two pack sheet, and it just looks phenomenal. Um, 
so uh, unfortunately there's not one for star race i did check right. <laughs> uh, so because i would have been uh shut up and take my money because right how much are they charging for it i believe it's like it's like about four hundred dollars wow four hundred dollars for essentially the the overlay um but i think it, it depends 200 to 400 i think um and they've got a limited range but um like the the gosh the one of the instagram pics was of a top play field from uh, i think no it was the uh the sub play field from black hole mm. and this thing was an absolute shocker mess and like after i thought uh he did it like a before and an after i went how did you do that with that play field that would have taken you months to do yeah and then he said oh yeah yeah i, I put this overlay over it i went wow that's that's a very interesting product so if you wanted to you could go on the hunt for these tables these absolute junker tables get these like get these decals essentially it's not decals get this overlay and restore play fields just very easily and turn them around very quickly if you want to expend the money on them yeah Mm. So it's yeah. certainly easier than trying to track down a CPR playfield if they have one available to you, and if you can track one down. And how much people are charging for after they already bought theirs? Yes, because <laughs> essentially they are they are a commodity now. Like people trade them. Yeah, um, yeah. They they are well they were well and truly an investment. I'm sure people are just out there at the moment just waiting on the wait list, even if they don't have a game because they buy the playfield and they can sell it two years later for ex expensive. Well, when I was on the, the forum for eight ball deluxe, you know, there was a couple of people over there like, well, if anybody needs a CPR playfield, I've got four of them. Four. Yeah. yeah now so. they, what they said was because CPR, you know, grades their uh, playfields as uh, gold, silver, and uh, this. <laughs> gold, silver, <laughs> and this. <laughs> right. Um, and so I have a feeling that some people maybe bought with the intention of, well, I'm going to pick the best of what they, they give me. Um, I don't know, but the, the, you do kind of go, Oh man, aren't you predatory? <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you scooped in and, and, and swooped in and bought these purposely with the intent of then turning around and selling them for more than what uh, you paid for. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit skeezy on a, on such a niche market to do that too in my opinion it's one thing if it's a mass market you know that you know that uh it'll be easily you know that if you didn't swoop in and buy them that's okay they were just gonna be swooped in and bought anyway um but the fact that you're swooping in buying them with the intent of and now i just wait <laughs> yeah um i don't know it's a little skeezy to me but yeah i don't know it's just business yeah <laughs> I know it doesn't help that I've been watching a document this documentary series on Netflix uh, called Dirty Money, and it's mm. basically skeezy people earning money in very bad ways <laughs> that are that mm -hmm. are not they they may follow the rules but they're ethically just horrible corrupted <laughs> beyond reprieve. All righty. Well, folks, with that, we're going to uh, we're gonna wrap it up. Hey, uh, again, make sure you visit our website, blockadepinball.com slash episodes. Uh, obviously, to get the past episodes that we've done, show notes, as well as all these movie reviews I keep on dropping, of which I'm going to be posting at least two more uh, in the next couple of days. 
Um, mm. And why don't you go ahead and follow us on Twitter? I know it's difficult, but you can do it, can't you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> at Blockade, that is the show. If you want to follow myself, I am at Shut Your Trap, and Jared is at Jared Morgs. Then you can also just drop us an email. That is blah, blah, blockade at gmail.com. Give us uh, your feedback. Uh, if there's any show topics you'd like us to touch upon, any of that stuff we can go ahead and do. And if you're a true curmudgeon, you can go to the Pinball Arcade fans and look at the threads that I created for episodes 128 onwards, where I'll just be posting single links. So there you, you, have, you don't have to digest or subscribe to anything other than that forum post. Oh. Let, let, me, let me be your RSS reader. <laughs> All righty. Well, until next time, who knows what, uh, what we'll be talking about next week because we certainly didn't know what was going to be happening this week. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it's week to week at this stage. Week to week. All right, folks. Uh, hey, go enjoy Bonsai Run. Go enjoy the Jurassic Park table that Zen has. And uh, if you can find a real table, go enjoy that too. All right, until next time, bye-bye. See you later. WizardAmusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rugs. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. WizardAmusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blockade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball. I gotta, I gotta recommend. There's a documentary also that I just watched called Icarus. It won oh, yes. this documentary, and it's on Netflix. And it initially starts out about a guy who, uh, cyclist, not a professional cyclist, just an amateur cyclist, uh, but a very good one at that. Deciding because of all the doping scandals that were going on, wanting to see if he could how easy it is to game a system because he couldn't figure out how these guys were getting away with it for so long and not being caught. And then when they were caught, it's like, Oh yeah, I've been doing it for years. It's like, well, where was the breakdown? So he decides that he's going to, this is what his documentary is going to be about. Um, so he's got doctors on board and, you know, he's going to keep it a secret obviously from the governing agencies of, of sport. But I think it was with the intention of, after he he did one race clean and then he was going to do that same race the next year doped and you know come back with his findings and give all this evidence over to the governing bodies and say hey look this is what i did this was the uh the amount of increase you know my jump so that perhaps you could see these other uh, athletes when one year they do terrible and the next year they're in a you know a completely different league that maybe that's giant red flags and not you know humanly possible or whatever but in the process of him finding laboratories to uh, help him alter his <laughs> his samples, if you will, he winds up coming across this uh, this Russian who runs the world anti-doping lab in Moscow, who's willing to help him. And just as he's in contact with this guy, the scandal breaks out that Russia has been doping their athletes and the movie just goes completely 180 from what you were watching initially into this fascinating, almost like a, a spy thriller 
of a movie. Be, I mean, to the, literally to the point of the guy fleeing Russia and fearing for his life, and somebody else all of a sudden that was a high-ranking official that has the same knowledge as him dying suddenly of a massive heart attack, even though the guy was in perfect health. Jeez. Um, oh, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's one of these documentaries you just go, whoa, this was not what I thought I was watching initially, and it's really fascinating. So uh, I highly recommend Pomegon. So it took a it took a massive twist at the end. Oh, yeah. It, well, and, and I was watching video of the guy afterwards, you know, interviews that he's conducted um, where <laughs> the interviewers were asking him about it, and he goes, oh, it was just like finding the Holy Grail, you know, stumbling upon it. You're doing one thing, and all of a sudden it's like, Hey, look what I'm in the middle of. Cool, you know. And I've got all this footage beforehand, so I'm. I've got a story to tell here. Yeah, I've got quite the story. So, so anyway, I recommend uh, checking that out. Um, I I have a bunch of movies that I'm going to be watching this week. I've already knocked off two of the four that I need to be seeing. Um, But yesterday I went and saw A Wrinkle in Time, and because it's a PG rated movie. That meant I had to watch PG-rated trailers, which mm. meant I was once again subjected to the abomination that is Nomeo and Juliet, or not Nomeo and Juliet. It's the sequel to that god-awful thing, which I didn't see. Um, Sherlock Gnomes. Yes. <laughs> and and, and I, I want to... I paid special attention to why this movie is so offensive to me and why I will not be going to it. So, for starters, there's this... They are in the backyard or whatever. There's this puddle. One of the gnomes falls into the puddle. He sinks head deep. All of a sudden, bubbles start popping because, of course, he's farting. It's like, why would... Of course, you got to have the fart joke. And so the other gnome is watching him just going, ugh, are you finished yet? And the guy's mumbling underwater. No, not yet. And all of a sudden, bloop, 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 bloop. He's like, I made a jacuzzi. I'm like, okay, I made that joke myself when I was, you know, seven. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, is this isn't a new joke at all? Uh, but then there was another moment where somebody uh, gets the top of their head lopped off accidentally, yep. and he goes, "What the fence post?" And but it's yeah. this long drawn out, and I'm just like, "Really? For a kids movie? You're just... I know you're pandering to the adults that have to take the kids to it, but it's also kind of mildly offensive that you're doing that." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and then where they really went with that direction was uh, all of a sudden Sherlock Gnomes is like, "We've got to find a ship," and one of the gnomes comes running up and he goes, "No ship, Sherlock." Yeah, <sighs> it's like <laughs> just I, I remember all these moments when I was going <laughs> to see. Uh, I think I forget which kids movie we saw recently, and I'd seen all these trailer moments, and yeah. I just went, "Oh." And I'm no, sorry, the, if kids, the kids were pissing themselves laughing, of course. Right, but if this is what you're showing me in the trailer as this is the best you've got... This is the highlights of it? Oh, dear. Like, oh, lordy. <laughs> <laughs> Strap yourself in. It's going to be a rough ride, Chris. Uh, no, it's <laughs> not going to be because I don't have to go. I'm not going. Sorry. Oh, no. yes, nope. yes, you, nope. yes, you do. Nope. Yes, nope. You've got a movie pass. You have to go and see all the movies that are available. Nope. I've, I'm, I'm, I, uh, <laughs> as one of our other... Uh, People that gave a response, let's put it to you that way, said, uh, they were like, well, you left this on a cliffhanger last week about this, so you've got to go see yeah, it now. Absolutely. Tell you, what, you can go see that. I'll go see Hurricane Heist, which looks equally terrible, and uh, we'll call it even. <laughs> well, as long as you pay for the person going, yes, that'll be fine. 
No. Because the, <laughs> you don't have to actually pay. But if you have to pay, well, pay as in you, you've already got the, the the movie card, so you can go to any movie you want to see for free. But everyone like me who, you know, has to actually pay money as well to go and see this. Well, this is where you start introducing your child to the concept of quality and saying that is not quality. We will not be wasting our money on that movie even though they're begging to go see it, which I doubt they are. Um, no. <laughs> you know, uh, otherwise it's called taking one for the team, which my wife and I have, uh, split on numerous occasions. <laughs> yes. And, and it's more, it's never gets easier <laughs> no. <laughs> because you can just tell, you can tell with these kids movies, whether they're just going to be complete, an utter pandering crap that you just want to take your own life during. So like the Paw patrol movie. Oh my uh, god! Oh, the Paw Patrol. Like <laughs> I had a friend on Twitter who was saying, "Oh, I'm with the boys in Paw Patrol. Why didn't I have the foresight to smuggle in some hard liquor?" <laughs> 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 that's like, yeah, that's right. Have one of those Slurpees in the movie. <laughs> have a vodka Slurpee. <laughs> uh, oh man, yeah, the yeah. brutality of it. The struggle it is. is real. I'm I'm very curious though. Next week, uh, Tomb Raider opens. And I'm very curious to see if it uh, breaks the curse of the video game movie, whether yeah, it actually it looks. I like. I've seen trailers of this just recently, um, showing yeah. over here, and I'm looking at it. I'm going. I like where they're going with this. I like the fact that it's not all about um, Angelina Jolie's boobs, which the other movie was really. No. <laughs> Let's be serious. Um, they, they. I think they actually had to part of her costume was this extra extra padding in that yes, area to make it, it was so it was. ridiculously outlandish well and they still weren't ridiculously compared to what the actual video game was rendered as yeah. so yes so i like the fact that it's more about it seems to be more about the action and i i'll be honest i have not caught up with a franchise of tomb raider since probably the ps1 so i oh, think they've changed yeah. They've changed it quite a lot with the times, which is good. This looks there's there's moments in it, and uh, her the very fact that she has the ice pick that's straight out of uh, Tomb Raider and Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yeah. Uh, her look is exactly what those two mo uh, games are. So this is clearly what they're basing it off of. Uh, the villain is uh, Trinity, which is also the villain in th these games. So. Uh, yes, to me, it's action first, and you better get that correct. Um, I just, I don't know. It's, it, you do get nervous about these things as, mm. as to whether they're going to, you know, because I'm sorry, I, I did watch Assassin's Creed and it was terrible. Oh, really? Okay. Terrible. Um, wasn't the premise of that. You don't need to go into it too much, but it seemed like the, they were putting people back in time and almost like an avatar style, um, sort of virtual reality type of thing. That, that's the game. Oh, right. That's actually, there you go. Yeah, no, that's actually the concept of the game that they find your de uh, descendants of somebody. And because of the DNA, they're able to, and saying that memory is carried passed along in your DNA, certain mm -hmm. strands that you would be able to, uh, then go into this, what they call the animus, uh, which is a computer program and you would be able to learn 
things that, that would help them then discover maybe things in, I don't know. I played halfway through one of the games and was like, eh. <laughs> right, okay. But, yes, it's but clearly the, I'm missing a lot of the backstory because I don't play the games. But the but um, the movie was even, it was just a confused mess that right. uh, was a absolute CG fest of sets. And the, mm-hmm. the really sad part is, is one of the, one of the hallmarks of the game was that you would, you go up on any tall tower and to get off the tower, you just dive off into a uh, cart full of hay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That'll break your fall. Um, and it's thrilling to do in the video game. So of course you have to have that in the movie. And so they did it in the movie and they actually did a real high fall with a stuntman. Oh. But they did it on just a plain scaffolding uh, in the middle of a desert or whatever. And then when they put it in the movie, they rendered everything else around him. So well, all the hay. Been, so not, no, not all the hay. I'm talking about all the buildings, all the sky, everything. Everything was rendered uh-huh. other than his actual fall. And I'm like, well, what was the point of the high fall? The, the, you've, mm-hmm. you've, there's, there's so much CG around this that I'm not buying for a minute that it's actually legitimately real. The only reason why I knew it was real was because I saw a YouTube video on it. But that's the kind of miscalculation that they make. Where it's like you can't surround stunt work with all this CG and expect us to believe the stunt itself was real. Uh, Our brains don't don't work that way. So Okay, interesting. Uh, One thing that does look interesting is Ready Player One. I'm really on the fence on that one. Oh, are you? Okay. Well, again, it's going to be a complete, I haven't read the book. I haven't read the book either, but it's going to be a complete CG fest while they're in the Oasis, uh, mm. which is that virtual environment. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. You know, on the one hand, you go, well, it's Spielberg. He knows what he's doing. But on the other hand, he did do Crystal Kingdom and uh, <laughs> the Indiana Jones and the Crystal Kingdom, the last one, which was oh, Crystal Skull or yeah. Crystal Skull. Yeah. And then yeah. on the other hand, it also reminds me terribly a lot of iRobot, mm. which again, in CG fest, um, it just, I don't know. It takes me out of it. Did you feel the same about minority report as well? No. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. See, I didn't have a problem with minority report. I knew that it was totally digital because it was a futuristic city. And I just let it wash over me. But there's so, a way of doing it. Again, just look at Blade Runner 2049. Um, there's a lot of digital in that, but they built a lot of sets. Mm. And when you have that much reality existing, you start buying the CG a lot more because your brain is thinking, well, look, we just watched an entire scene of in a real building and the rendering is so good that I'm not quite sure what's digital set extension, what is real set. Um, so essentially yeah. what they're doing is they're taking real sets and they're putting a bit of digital salt and pepper over the top to over the top or extending them taller or, you know, mm-hmm. something of that nature, as opposed to you just having it be green screens and green blocks that people are sitting on and all that is rendered after the fact. Yeah. Right. Because it, it plays in a person's performance. You can see it, you know, if they're in a real environment, they believe it. If yeah. they're in a nothing but a green screen, now they're having to pretend and imagine it. And it looks, it makes it hard. Yeah. Yeah. It takes away from well, it takes away from some actors' abilities to be able to convincingly portray the character because they got they've got to not only portray the character, but they've also got to think about the environment as well. Right. So yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah. I wouldn't like to be in that position as an actor, but 
I think, and a lot of them don't. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I don't know. We'll it looks see. interesting. The concept looks interesting. The concept definitely looks interesting. So yeah. I was, I was even interested in reading the book, and then I just never bothered buying the mm. book. So <laughs> I'm sure that the book sales will go through the roof. Probably. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? With the movie, they usually do. I think people sort of go, "Oh, I've seen the movie. Oh, there's a book on this. I guess I should probably read it." Or well, some people do. I was gonna say, other people just go, "Book? Why book? would I mm -hmm. read? I don't even want to read the comic book. Why would I want to read a book?" <laughs> yeah, true, true. This is this is true. And unfortunately, this is a little bit me actually. Like <laughs> I, I know there's lots of movies out there based on books, but I never pick them up because yeah, I just don't read. Well, I'm a bad person. <laughs> yeah.